Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Med Street Journal. I'm your host today, Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by another awesome guest, Dr. Alan Snow. He is the CEO and founder of Cognitive Clarity and also the Perceptive Brain Products. And they are the first nootropic to target the real reason we lose memory as we age, brain plaques and tangles, and they contain exclusive and patented PTI 00703 cat's claw memory T, a specific oolong tea extract, more superior than 20 major memory support dietary supplements to target memory loss. He has a new paper published on, that was published on February 15th of 2021 in the Scientific Reports, which is a natural journal. Dr. Snow's paper in Nature. 2019. Yeah. Oh, a nature journal. <laughs> Dr. Snow's paper in 2019 in the scientific reports on the discovery of cat's claw and its constituents effects on brain memory was awarded the top 100 most downloaded research articles in 2019 by Nature Medical Journal. So I know that was a mouthful, but we're going to jump into <laughs> that in a little bit more detail. But with that being said, Dr. Snow, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rodney. No Great problem. to be here. Yeah, so why don't we just jump into it? Why don't you give people a quick background of who you are and how you got into this whole memory loss sure. industry? I actually went to Bowling Green State University in Ohio on a tennis scholarship. When I was younger, I actually wanted to be a professional tennis player, and I was ranked 18 in Canada. So I played a lot of tennis, like six hours a day. Actually, my coach, just as in a sidebar, if you don't mind, my coach was... Chris Everett was married at the time to John Lloyd from Great Britain, and his brother, David Lloyd, was my coach. Chris Everett was a very famous women's tennis player. She won all kinds of trophies and everything. Anyways, when I went to Bowling Green, I took biology <laughs> and chemistry. That was a great time, played tennis for the tennis team there. Then I ended up doing a master's degree in anatomy. I was back in Canada. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. So at Western University of Western Ontario, I did a master's mostly on cancer research. And then when I did my PhD in pathology, I went to Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. And that's really where I got into these diseases called misfolded protein disorders. Touched a little bit on Alzheimer's, but really when I went to University of Washington, I did a postdoctoral fellowship. So after I got my PhD, I went to University of Washington in Seattle. I was in the Department of Pathology. I was starting to really get into looking into Alzheimer's research. I got into some grants and some awards and started really working on it and get, got really interested. And I had a laboratory there for 14 years. I was part of the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center at University of Washington. And then when I was at University of Washington, we developed sort of screening assays to see if we could inhibit the plaques that come into the brain as you age. And I actually walked into a dietary supplement store and took about 50 supplements off the shelves. And we put them through these screening processes. So we could basically, in a test tube on a column, put the protein that accumulates in the brain of humans as they age and it forms plaques. And then we screen and all of a sudden we found this plant from the Amazon rainforest called cat's claw. 
which I never heard of, never knew what it was. Or it's also called Uncuria tomatosa or Una de Gado. And it turned out it was a woody vine that grows in the Amazon rainforest. And the Peruvian tribes used to use it to boil, to make a tea. They would actually take the vine and the bark from the tree and they would boil it as a tea and people would drink it. And it was supposed to be a medicinal plant and it's been used for over 2000 years. When we got into it and in 89 and 90, there was a guy named Keplinger who had US patents that got issued and he showed that cat's claw had specific what's called alkaloids in it that enhances the immune system. So it's very good for the immune system. And it was also shown to be anti-inflammatory. So in inflammation, cytokines go up. Some of the most important ones are TNF-alpha and interleukin-1, and this cat's claw was able to lower inflammation. So when we got into it, we started looking at, wow, this is like dissolving plaques that were forming. And so we didn't know what in it actually was working. And when I was at University of Washington, we hooked up with a group out of New Zealand, the University of Otago, and they were plant chemistry experts. So we worked with them for about a year to identify what in the cat's claw was actually causing these plaques to basically dissolve. And we found there were certain polyphenols in there that other people have found. But then I discovered some new sort of polyphenols called proanthocyanidins, specifically B2C1, before. Some of them were not discovered in cat's claw before, so it was unique. And then we figured out into that later on, we figured out how it works. We can talk about that. And then later on, at the time, there, e there were not even animal models available to look at plaque producing genetically engineered mice that actually produce plaques in the brain as they grow older. And then years later, those animals and mice were available. I was studying Alzheimer's disease research and memory loss and brain aging for a long time. And then I started a company, I actually left the university in around 2000 and started this company that I was developing small molecule drugs for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And the cat's claw sort of project was put on the side and then later on, people figure out how to form tangles in the brain. And we could talk about what these things are coming up. So we could actually form tangles now in a test tube. That took 10 years to figure out in the sort of community of research. And then we found when we tested the cat's claw, it dissolved tangles too. So plaques and tangles accumulate in the brain as you age. Plaques start in your 20s. And they look like Swedish meatballs in the brain. So if you, look, if you look at your brain and then you have like bullet holes or meatballs that are like now interrupting connections between neurons, because to remember a thought, you have to connect from different areas of your brain. So if you start having these boulders in your brain, you start losing those connections. And then when you start losing those connections between neurons, you start losing memory. And that's what memory loss is really all about. It's losing the connections to remember thought that need to connect from different areas of your brain. So your cortex, your hippocampus, where memory is uh, stored and formed, it all needs to connect. And then tangles look like dried up spaghetti in the brain 
and they're inside individual neurons and they consist of a protein called tau protein. And what happens to these neurons is they actually die. So you're losing nerve cells in your brain. And so plaques and tangles are really the two major pillars of what causes memory loss. If you get brain inflammation later on and you have that trilogy of plaques, tangles and inflammation, which we call PTI, then you really have severe memory loss and it's gonna be a problem. Awesome, so you pretty much have a wide, pretty vast background coming as like a doctor and doing a bunch of research relating to memory loss and brain aging and those kind of topics and led you to starting your own company, developing new products. You got Percepta Brain, but I wanna give you an opportunity to talk about that because Percepta is a product that you've developed after years of research on all this data and right. research that you've been collecting. But yeah, can you explain a little bit more about So the, the interesting thing about it, so when I was in academia at University of Washington, I was publishing papers. And I actually, as a side note, I discovered a carbohydrate in the brain called heparin sulfate proteoglycans. And I really think it causes Alzheimer's disease and it causes other misfolded protein disorders, which is Parkinson's disease also has a misfolded protein called alpha-synuclein. Alpha-synuclein is what in Lewy bodies reduce dopamine. So Parkinson's patients that are always shaking, they need dopamine and it's a misfolded protein disorder. And so are a bunch of, there's other diseases that are pretty rare, but I've studied about 20 of them. And they all have this common carbohydrate that I think is really central to the whole disease. So anyways, a lot of times I didn't publish. I wrote a lot of patents. So I'm an inventor on 345 issued patents in the U.S. and internationally. And for 10 years, all I was writing patents because I was in a private company and a lot of the research we were doing was secret. So when you're in a company, you pretty want to patent everything and publish later. So it's patent first, publish later. When you're in academia, you want to publish first because that's important. So on this first paper that we published a couple of years ago, 2019, it actually represents about over 10 years of research, which we kept secret. So we didn't really talk about it, but we had patents all over the world. We had 30 issued patents for the use of cat's claw for brain health. So we were the ones that actually owned all the intellectual property. So what I decided to do is to write it all up because it was a coming out party. And so in 2019, I wrote a 108 page paper that appeared in scientific reports. It's probably one of the longest papers you'll ever see. It has a supplement section of I think 50, 60 pages, which really goes into how we identified what's in cat's claw that can make plaques and tangles basically dissolve. And it goes through like how we identified everything. And then we actually went into genetically engineered transgenic mice that the pharmaceutical companies were using. So these mice are genetically engineered so that when they age, they start getting plaques in the brain. At the time, they didn't have tangles. So there weren't any models to generate tangles. Now there is. But in, initially, it was just plaques. And when these mice had plaques, they started having memory problems, and you could measure it basically in a Morris water maze, which is like a maze mm -hmm. test. Okay. And mm -hmm. so you put these little mice in a 
swimming pool. <laughs> you show them where a hidden platform is. So they swim over there and they know where the platform is. Then you take away the platform. It's called the, the invisible platform. And they're supposed to remember where the platform was. So there's a memory component. And you can actually quantify. They could go around in circles. The more plaques in the brain they have, the more they can't find the platform. So they have memory loss. And so what we found is that A, hat's claw can reduce the plaques in these older animals, even like going into a person that has severe memory loss. And once you clear it out, actually their memory improves. And we saw like a 58% reduction, a 58% improvement in plaque load when we're treating them with cat's claw and some of its components and an almost 59% improvement in memory, almost back to normal. It was like going into an old mouse that has a lot of memory problems and reversing it, which is unheard of. And in younger animals, it was even better. It was like 72% improvement. So that's how we started this. And then we published this study in 2019. I'm happy to send it to you. And if anybody wants to read it, they can get a copy of it. And I could also send you the 2021 paper we just published. So in the first paper, we not only show that cat's claw, we also show that cat's claw can get into the brain in two minutes. And that was surprising. So we actually radio labeled one of the aromatic rings that is part of the polyphenols in cat's claw. And this was done using some sophisticated secret proprietary labeling that we actually did with another company that were experts in radio labeling of molecules. So then once it was in the blood, we found it in the brain in two minutes and it was in the cortex, it was in the hippocampus. So we know it crossed the blood brain barrier and these studies were done at Tulane University by one of the world's best blood-brain barrier penetration laboratories. They actually have a laboratory called Blood-Brain Barrier Penetration at the Pennington Medical Center at Tulane University in Louisiana. Dr. Abba Kasten, who's the guy who found leptin, which is a protein to get into the brain, he actually took our cat's claw, which was radio-labeled. They did all these studies. And they saw it gets into the brain. It's in uh, our 2019 paper. So we knew it gets into the brain. So the question is, what happens when it hits plaques or tangles? Now, plaques and tangles are very insoluble. So think of something that's really stuck together and you can't break it apart. What we found is that the polyphenols of the cat's claw actually have a specific spacing of the, air, of the polyphenol ring, polyphenols that come off the aromatic rings. And the spacing is not like this. The spacing is actually like this. It's like a perfect key into a lock. So if you think of plaques and tangles that are locked, and this forms a hydroxyl wedge that actually opens it up, the whole thing falls apart. Now, that was amazing. I've never seen anything like that before with any drug. And I've worked on hundreds and hundreds of drugs for drug development. So here you have a natural product, which is bark powder coming out of a woody vine from the Amazon rainforest. And it has the ability to get into plaques and tangles, open them up like a wedge, and then the whole thing falls apart. And we actually showed this in the 2019 paper. We used a sophisticated way of doing it called circular dichroism spectroscopy, which is a fancy way of saying you're looking at 
how proteins fold in a two and three dimensional structure. So you can actually see it. So plaques and tangles are what's called predominant beta sheet secondary structure. What does that mean? It means they're very insoluble. So proteins either fold as a beta sheet, an alpha helix or a random coil, one of those three conformations. Beta sheet is very insoluble. So it's amazing that the cat's law sort of pieces actually get in and make the thing fall apart. We show that by CD spectroscopy, looking at the beta amyloid protein, which is the major protein in plaques. And it forms a beta sheet. And then when you add the cat's call, the whole thing opens up and falls apart. So what we think is going on in the brain is that once it gets in and there happens to be plaques or tangles there, the whole things fall apart. And then the scavengers of the brain, which are called microglia, sort of the Pac-Man, they'll come by and eat it up and then they clear it out. It's amazing. So that's what we saw in animals, in the brains of animals. We saw the whole thing was like cleared out by 59%. The plaque, no, you could actually count the number of plaques in the brain. They go way down. And then there's an improvement in memory. We showed if you reduce the plaques and also the tangles, the same thing. If you reduce plaques and tangles in the brain, you're going to get improvement in memory. Because what's happening is it's starting to clear up the connections between neurons to remember thoughts. So memory is basically connecting from different areas of your brain. When you start mucking up your brain with this stuff, it basically, that's when you start losing memory. So that's what really memory loss is primarily caused by. If you have a tumor in your brain, you're going to have memory loss. But most of the population, 95% of the population, as they're aging, starting their 20s, they're starting to get plaques and tangles in the brain. Nobody knows why it's caused. So the why reason is not known, but the neuropathologists who look at the brain tissue at autopsy or whatever, they could actually see this stuff. So you could visually see these brains, plaques, and tangles. What's amazing in the last, I'd say, five to six years is that they've never been able to image these plaques in live people, in live patients. And now they are. Now you can actually see the plaque load in your brain. You went to UCLA and I did a PET imaging scan with the beta amyloid protein that's radio labeled. So they shoot you in the arm, it goes right into your brain. And if you have plaques there, it binds to it and lights up. And then you pee it out within 24 hours. And then the neurologist can see how many plaques you got in your brain, what your plaque load is. And more recently, within the last few years, they also can see tangles in live patients. So a lot of people who have severe memory loss, they actually pay, it's a couple of thousand dollars, fairly expensive. But you could see your plaque and tangle load in, in the brain, in live patients. Okay. So, so yeah. Head imaging. In an attempt to summarize all that very <laughs> informative and valuable information, there's a lot, of, lot to digest there, but you pretty much walked us through your process of discovering something and then going about testing that and then the process that you went through to test it to make sure that okay i have an idea of what it can do but how can i track measure and kind of analyze based off the data that's coming back how i can really apply this knowledge so the other thing just to sort of add to it at the time we were doing all this research so about 10 15 years ago 
There was a lot of stuff coming out on green tea, good for the brain. People in Japan who drink a lot of tea have a lower incidence of memory loss. And then there was stuff on curcumin. Curcumin was also shown to reduce plaques in the brain. People were looking at it, but some of the problems is getting it into the brain. Oral bioavailability is a problem. Then there was resveratrol. So I, I'm sure you've heard of this. Resveratrol was also supposed to be the new aging phenomenon. And we actually looked, we were writing patents on all of this when people were publishing papers. We had all the patents on polyhydroxylated aromatic compounds that had polyphenolic compounds on them. We were looking at all these molecules, writing all these patents. We started looking at the structures of these things. So actually in my 2019 paper, I just wanna make sure, let me just grab it here. Actually, this is it. One of my figures, I actually get into this in the discussion. I don't know if you could see that, it's hard to see, but I'll send it to you later. So if you look at what's the structure of curcumin and what's the structure of epicatechin that's in teas. So epicatechin has two OH groups that are very next to each other. What does that mean? Two polyphenols. So two OH groups is a phenolic group and there's two of them next to each other. Curcumin only has one phenolic group and has a methyl group next to it. And resveratrol has a spacing of the hydroxyl groups or the polyphenol groups. They're, they're separated. And what we found is you need two of them next to each other. That's the key. And that's found in epicatechin. And where's epicatechin? It's in T. So we started looking at T. And we looked at green tea, and we looked at oolong tea, and we looked at black tea. Now, tea is interesting because it comes out of the same plant called Camellia sinensis. So tea leaves are the same for black tea, green tea, or oolong tea, except the way they oxidize it or ferment it is different. So green tea is unfermented or unoxidized. Oolong tea is partially fermented or partially oxidized. And black tea is fully fermented or fully oxidized. And what we found is that oolong tea, which is partially fermented or partially oxidized, seems to be the best for reducing brain plaques and tangles compared to green tea or black tea. Now, when we wrote a patent to the US Patent Office, it's hard to get a patent on a plant. It's very difficult. But we had a surprising discovery that oolong tea works better than green tea and black tea. That was the surprising discovery. And so we recently, last year, got the patent for cat's claw with oolong tea as a combination in a patent that's called composition of matter, which is basically the strongest patent you can get, which means if anybody uses cat's claw and oolong tea to find the cure for cancer, we have the patent on it, they're infringing on our patent. If they use it for anything, any indication, we have the patent on it in the United States. And then we also got a patent for the methods to use for the treatment of plaques and tangles in mammals. And this was all based on this combination of cat's claw and oolong tea, and that's the backbone of how we develop Percepta. So Percepta Sport, Percepta Professional are our current products on the marketplace 
and they have the backbone combination of this cat's claw and oolong tea. And when you put plaques and tangles in front of this, the whole thing falls apart. We could show it over and over again. We could actually see it under an electron microscope, which is magnification of about 30,000 times. And you could actually see the plaque fibrils that are very insoluble. Once the percepta hits it, the whole thing falls apart, it's gone. You could use staining techniques to show a decrease, conga red, thioflavonesc fluorescence, and then electron microscopy. So in this most recent paper that we just published February 15, 2021, also in scientific reports, which is a nature journal, hard to get into. I think they only take like the top 5% of all applications of trying to get your paper published there. An extensive review by three reviewers. They talked about every little point. It took me about six months to revise. So we worked on this for about two and a half years then finally published it a year later. So that's about three and a half years. And what we did in this paper was interesting. We took all the memory supplements off the shelf, the major ones, Prevagen, Nereva, Focus Factor, Alpha Brain, and we compare them to Percept to see whether any of these other supplements have the ability to make plaques and tangles fall apart. If you think memory loss is primarily caused by plaques, tangles, and inflammation, two of the key targets are plaques and tangles. So you would think all these memory supplements that people are taking actually affect and reduce plaques and tangles. We found that not to be the case. It was very surprising. Like, Prevagen hardly works. It doesn't touch plaques or tangles. I think 12% plaques and 0% tangles. Percepta, on the other hand, reduced plaques by 70% and tangles by 85%. And there wasn't even anything close except something that had cat's claw or polyphenols and it had some activity. But we were 50, Percepta was 50% more activity more than double any other of the 20 top major memory support dietary supplements out there in the marketplace. So this paper is actually the first to comparatively compare all these memory supplements for their ability to reduce plaques and tangles. We did it in a blind study and we did it on a weight-to-weight -weight basis. So it's basically all the pill that you eat or ingest for your memory we compared it on a weight-to-weight -weight basis, and we show that Percepta just outperforms everything. So Percepta is really going after the main part of memory, whereas these other supplements, a lot of them are not. I'd say most of them are not. Some of them have activity, but not very much. Dang, it's crazy just listening to you talk because you have such like a vast knowledge of this entire like subject matter. And for me, I guess what's very interesting is I can tell the passion behind it and like how much time and effort goes into pretty much discovering and analyzing all this data and information. And so what really motivates you to study this subject matter? Like well, it's super complicated, but so but what motivates you? What's your why? Uh, as I was getting into this, my mother had Alzheimer's disease. So I've dealt with this from a caregiver aspect. And lucky enough, like we had, we sold her house and put her into a senior care facility and then moved to an Alzheimer's care facility in Canada. 
So I've watched it firsthand and it's pretty traumatic disease to watch somebody basically who you had your whole life with. Then eventually they don't even remember who you are. She didn't recognize me, know who I was near the end. And I was working on a film, a doc, I'm working on a documentary on this as well. I did a lot of filming of her going through the disease. And it's, it's a passion I'm doing. I'm writing a book. I'm doing a documentary on this. But I dealt with it firsthand. It's a terrible disease to deal with. There were, there's a recent movie where, called The Father. It's about a demented patient. It was actually just up for Golden Globe Awards with Anthony Hopkins playing the lead of a person who goes through Alzheimer's disease. And so that, that was part of the driving force. For 30 plus years, when I was like 20 years old, I was going to all these out international Alzheimer's disease conferences. So I've been going to these conferences for 30 years. I knew everything that's going on. I looked at everybody's research. So I had a comparative breadth of where people were, what they were finding. There were exciting new discoveries in the field. But I watched the field from when they didn't have anything to mimic, let's say, in an animal model, to where they could now form plaques and tangles in the brain of transgenic mice. They could pet image it in people live to look at it. And there's been a lot of failures in drug companies because they weren't going after the right target. They were treating people when they were too late, almost like treating someone who had a heart attack and then treating them for heart disease when you should really be giving them statins in the beginning to help to prevent getting it. So now a lot of the research in brain aging, memory loss, Alzheimer's is looking very early in the disease. And so there's a big shift paradigm of how the pharmaceutical companies are thinking. Yeah, I pretty much lived this my whole life since I was probably 20 years old. And just, it was when I was doing my postgraduate PhD at University of Washington, I remember I used to take home stacks of papers and I'd be reading them at night, like at about midnight or two in the morning. And I'd be reading these like 50 page papers. And so at one point I was really up to speed with everything going on. So over the year, and I know all the people who do the research internationally, like I know their names and I know what they're working on. And so I sort of keep up with it. Dang, that's awesome to hear. It's not awesome about your mom, but it's right. interesting to hear that how much something in your personal life kind of pushes you in your professional life and how it really alters your perspective on things. And so you identified an obstacle problem within the industry, but you didn't really see a solution, anything that you were satisfied with. And so you went about pretty much creating it yourself that's and doing the true. due diligence. So I, I kind of want to talk about that, actually. The other thing, just to note is like, nowadays, I get like emails and phone calls all the time, listening to people and I could tell, hearing their voice, they're demented on the phone. They have memory loss issues. Dang, for us. Or they have, they're a caregiver and they're dealing with someone who has memory loss issues. So I almost hear this every day. And I feel for them because I was lucky enough to take my mother and put her into a care facility where they had 30 Alzheimer's patients, but it's very good one-on-one. -on -one. They gave them music and art and everything to stimulate their brain. Very important. Other people who are here, their person with memory loss lives at home and they have to deal with it. 
on a day-to-day basis, it's very difficult to deal with. I could barely cope with it when I used to visit my mother for an hour or two or a few hours. She lived in Toronto, Canada, so I had to do this five, six-hour flight from Seattle to Toronto. And it was like major burden on your mind as a caregiver to deal with this. So imagine your mother doesn't remember who you are or where she is or where you're going or anything and it gets worse and you're just watching it. So in that sense, I feel for people who are dealing with this, not only in their own mind, but in their family, somebody in their family has it. And I try to help everybody I can from what I know. So my whole thing with them coming out into this new company that's more of a public company out there is I give my information out to anybody. So if somebody wants to call me and talk about the problem or what they're seeing, I try and help them as much as I can. And there are things you could do for your brain like today called the SHIELD program that my partner in this company, Dr. Rudy Tanzi out of Harvard, talks about shield having to do with sleep and diet and exercise and interacting with others and reducing your stress and doing meditation. This all can help your brain today. It doesn't really cost money. You don't have to buy anything. You just do it. There are some things that you could do. And I, maybe another time we could talk about the shield program and what you do for your brain today with, I'm just going to give you things you could do, even foods you could eat, you know, like blueberries and, I think what's interesting to me listening to you talk about all this information and especially cat's claw is that it comes from Amazon and there's so many different plants and species of things that come out of the Amazon that are actually like super beneficial. But what I'm curious is about is really your journey. How'd you end up in the Amazon? How did you discover this cat's claw plant? So like I said, when we were screening those supplements, one of them had cat's claw and then some sugar, I think it was glucosamine. And I actually thought it was the glucosamine, really. And we got separately and we got cat's claw in a bottle. And I said, I bet it's the glucosamine. So we run it through, not the glucosamine, it's the cat's claw. And I go, what's cat's claw? Never heard of it. So we, you know, I had to look it up and find that it was this woody vine. It grows like 200 feet. And then when you cut it, it regrows. So we're not pillaging the rainforest is actually a vine that regrows, has the ability to regrow. And we just started looking into it. And in this paper, actually, we compare like 17 different manufacturers. I actually ended up flying to Peru because I worked with this one source. I said, this cat's claw is really good. It really works on plaques and tangles. And when you buy cat's claw in the store, it's not concentrated. It's not the same isolation process. And then we found the elevation of the tree. This is really interesting. So depending on the elevation, the higher elevation cat's claw trees actually have more polyphenol activity against blacks and tangles than the lower elevation trees. So where we get it is a higher elevation, but they actually, I swear, they go truly two miles into the rainforest is where they get it. And they see the cat's claw tree, these guys cut the bottom, they bring it back. And then the company in Peru actually goes through the extraction process. And at the end of the day, you get a bark powder. 
And that's what it is. Uncaritomatosa is a bark powder. Now the bark powder you can actually take as a capsule. So in the actual Percepta, which I have in front of me, you can see this. So if you look at the capsules, they're basically a powder, right? That you ingest, you take two capsules a day. And this only has cat's claw and the oolong tea extract. That's it. That's the combination. And that's what we found to be the most effective of getting in the brain and actually markedly reducing plaques and tangles. So it's been a long journey. I've learned a lot. I actually went, I didn't go into the Amazon because I was scared of the black widow spiders, but I did go to Peru. I did look at, I went to the company, how they extract it. The guy who does it is really bright. He's a chemist. So he knows all about the chemistry of how to get it in a form. And our lot to lots are almost identical. So the way he does it every time the same way, and when we get it, we test it for activity and blowing out plaques and tangles. And we do it in the lab and we know the lots are all working and they're almost identical activity. So the activity we're getting is almost maximal. So how much can you, you don't take 10 pills, you take two capsules, you're hitting maximum activity. That's what you should be doing. Now, the interesting thing we found about, and these papers came out in the last five, five to six years, is that when you sleep, and you get good sleep, the actual sleep helps clear out your brain. The plaques are interesting. They consist of a protein called beta amyloid protein. And you would think once you clear it out, you're done. You're fine. Your memory is going to be great. You know what? They come back every 24 hours. So you got to keep on clearing out your brain, which means you got to keep on taking these pills because once you stop, it's going to come back. Think, and 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 analogy would be Rogaine for hair loss. So if you take Rogaine, you're going to stimulate your hair and you may even grow hair. But once you stop, you lose all the results. I don't know if you know this, but that's what's going on in hair loss stuff with Rogaine. And they make it clear that you better not stop using it once you're getting results. The same thing is with eliminating or reducing plaques and tangles in the brain. You gotta keep on taking it to clear it out because it comes back. So it's not something, because I hear some people go, well, I take it occasionally. And I go, it's not gonna work if you take it occasionally because your plaques are gonna come back within 24 hours. And there's, not, there's no magic bullet that will just get rid of them forever. So they have a trick of coming back. When you have good sleep, your brain is able to clear it out and there's been a lot of research on that as well. And they found out that the plaques turn over and they could measure this at a person sleeping. If you have, and I, I don't sleep that well. I don't, I don't have deep sleep or, and that actually helps people if they have good sleep. That's where the good sleep thing comes for improving your brain. And that's also part of the SHIELD program. The S on SHIELD stands for sleep. So <laughs> try to get eight, eight hours of sleep if you can. Thing. So you're like very deep rooted into this whole industry, into this subject matter. And like you said, you, you've read a lot, you've studied a lot of information, all the people, all the resources. But from your perspective, what sort of, what's the future look like as far as memory loss and develops with developments that are happening within the space, not just Percepta, but as a whole. But the other interesting thing instead of going to like Alzheimer's conferences, I was starting to go to trade shows. And the trade shows was stepping into the 
supplement industry. And it, it was amazing to look at these uh, technologies. Now, some of them had science behind it, but a lot of them did not. And so there was a lot of salesmanship going on at these made. So Natural Products West is probably one of the biggest trade shows. It has, get this, like 30,000. It had 30,000 to 40,000 people at these trade shows, like seven convention centers in um, Anaheim next to each other. And they were so overfilled that some of them were in hotels on different floors and you would go to all these booths. So they were all trade show booths and they all had different supplements for all kinds of stuff. And I really got into it. I started, look, I I started looking at it. I looked at their pamphlets. I looked at their research. One of the problems I think in the dietary supplement industry is that a lot of their stuff is not science-backed. So it's a lot of guys who take these different ingredients and they throw them all together. And then you take a capsule that has 20 things in it. You know what we found in our research that if you have more than two or three ingredients, some of the ingredients start blocking each other for activity. So if you have 20 ingredients and there's tons of these supplements that have 20 ingredients in it, I would bet that half the ingredients don't get into the brain. They don't work. They don't really work on the target. And the reason is we found that combinations of ingredients actually start inhibiting each other's activity. To answer your question about the field itself, it's interesting. Some of the biotech companies are going back to some of their data, like Biogen. They have an antibody that basically... um, helps clear out the plaques, the beta amyloid protein, and they're seeing improvement. There was actually cognitive improvement in a subset of patients. And again, my feeling is where the pharmaceutical companies make a mistake is they're only going after plaques or they're only going after tangles or they're now looking at inflammation. What we found is you actually have to hit all three because if you don't hit all three, you're going to have a problem. And that's most of the drug companies went after just plaques for years, for 20 years. They had all kinds of failures. A, they only went after that one target. They missed the other two targets. B, they went into older stage people that already had it. That could be a problem. And so what I think for memory loss is you have to go after all three targets. And this is where this natural product, this cat's claw uncaritomatosa actually hits all three targets. And so if I made a drug, I'd be wanting to go after all three targets. Mm, Okay. But it's hard to do. See, drug companies go after using one molecule because that's what a drug is. It's one thing. Hmm. Plants have hundreds of things in them. So cat's claw has alkaloids, polyphenols, proanthocyanidins, chlorogenic acid, epicatechin, all kinds of stuff in there. There's probably hundreds. So when you take the one capsule, it actually has uh, hundreds of ingredients that are natural. Now notice I'm not putting stuff together. I actually believe in nature doing it. And nature does it in a plant because a plant has defense. So if you're in the Amazon rainforest and you got all these animals and bugs eating you up, you're going to have a natural defense mechanism. And that's what this plant does. It, and actually, there's some studies that uh, published papers that cat's claw is also antiviral. So it inhibits the dengue virus, the herpes simplex virus. 
And there was even an abstract on HIV. And now we're actually seeing some data, some publications that it works against the SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 virus, the original one, where it actually binds to the spike protein and then prevents the infectivity. And the way it does that, it's the proanthocyanidin, especially B2 that's in cat's claw, that's really an amazing molecule. And it has this potential other activity now that we actually have a grant with University of Washington, some of the top virology labs, the lady who's actually doing vaccination research, Dr. Deborah Fuller, She's, we have grants in to the NIH to really look at cat's claw and its effects on SARS infectivity. And it'll be interesting to start working on that for a few years. Okay, that's interesting. So we've been talking about a lot of high level stuff and we're coming towards the end of the interview, but I just have one more question. And it's like, what sort of advice would you have for people who are doing research on memory loss or dietary type of supplements to help with their brain aging process? I think the research needs to be thorough and really push. I would do in vitro studies and I would do animal studies like some of these transgenic mice you could actually purchase to test. And then we're going to be doing a huge, we hope to do like a 200 patient human clinical trial to really prove that memory is improving with this dietary supplement. Now, some people go the other way around. They go off and do a clinical trial, but they have no idea how it works. So if some of their study is showing, well, there's improvement in memory, but yet they have no idea what in it is working and how it's working. So I believe that the research studies these days have to get into mechanism of action. You have to know or research into how this is working, not that it just works. And so we've actually approached it the other way around. We went right into how does it work? What's the mechanism of action? How does it work in animals? How does it work in humans? So I think how it works is an important question that I would ask the dietary supplement industry for their products to get into. Awesome. I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the main part of the interview. But like I said, we've been talking about a lot of complex ideas, a lot of interesting stuff as well. But I like to end each interview on a little lighter note with an exercise I like to call the rapid fire round. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble now. (laughs) So I'm just going to ask you a set of questions and you give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. Okay. Psychologically testing me. (laughs) Sure. Question number one. What is your favorite book of all time? Think and Grow Rich. Ah, by Napoleon Hill. I like that. Very good. <laughs> Number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career? I would, I would have to say it was my mother and father, both of them. They're not alive anymore. They came from Europe. My mother was actually in Auschwitz, so she was a Holocaust survivor, probably one of the oldest ones who recently died. And, you know... Her, they were immigrants who came to Canada on a boat. And then my father was used to drive the horses to deliver milk to people's homes. And then he ended up owning the dairy that he worked for. Very robust people who basically 
were entrepreneur. My father was definitely an entrepreneur in his own time. Awesome. Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? I finished writing this book that I'm writing. I do have an agent in New York, so I'm glad that all came about. I'm writing a book about my research and sort of secrets for brain health that people don't tell you about, basically on my sort of knowledge and things that are not out there that I was working on for many years. So I hope to get that book finished by the end of the year. Awesome. And then last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Look carefully at where you're going and what you want to do. I think with many, with many people, they don't have fun and enjoy the journey. And when you're here and you're always trying to get up to here, you're basically just focused on the top, but you don't really enjoy trying to get to the top. So I think it's very important for people to enjoy the ride. Awesome. That's what I would say. I think that's the perfect way to end today's episode. Excellent piece of advice to match with all the high level and super interesting information. But before we go and we wrap up, where can people connect with you and where can people learn more about a preceptor? So people want to email me. I'll actually give out my email address. It's dr. Alan, A-L-A-N, Snow, S-N-O-W, at Cognitive, C-O-G-N-I-T-I-V-E, Clarity, C-L-A-R-I-T-Y, Inc, I-N-C dot com. That's a long name. You could learn about our products on the website, which is PerceptaBrain.com, P-E-R-C-E-P-T-A Brain.com. And awesome. so that would be the best way. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include all those links and all that information in the resources section as well. But with that being said, Dr. Allen, just want to thank you again for jumping on, sharing your knowledge, sharing your story. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks for the interview. I appreciate it. No problem. That concludes today's episode. Catch you guys on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the Med Street Journal podcast. We really appreciate your love and support on this platform. And we just wanted to let you know that the Open Loop team is growing. We're looking for new creative people to join us in our mission of bringing healing anywhere. We are currently looking for user experience designers, senior software engineers, clinician advocates, clinician recruiters, and people with marketing and content backgrounds. So If you're interested, please send an email over to team at openloophealth.com. Again, that's team at openloophealth.com with your resume, and we will get in touch with you. Take care.